let me start with the reading. And I invite you to hear this reading as if you've never heard it before. I know that this is a part of, of uh, Jesus's uh, story that you're all familiar with. Um, I suspect you've all heard it many times, but I want you to just take it in in terms of kind of in general. Um, don't get caught up with any details or symbology. Uh, just kind of take in this, this story in terms of generalities and as if you've never heard it before, okay? And this is in uh, Matthew, uh, a part of uh, chapters three and four. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Thus he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So I was guided to read that passage this morning because, um, as most of you probably know, right, Lent is to kind of acknowledge and, and celebrate Jesus's 40 days in the desert. And without getting into the history of what little I've gleaned over the past few days, you know, it has it wasn't always in this form. Um, in the early church, days of fasting were observed um, in different periods and for short periods of time before uh, the crucifixion and resurrection um, in preparation. And over time, because of Moses's 40 days in the desert, because of the power of, of a 40-day pattern, um, Lent eventually became this practice observed by most Christian denominations and certainly the Catholic Church of, of the what we know now as the 40 days of Lent. And 
I want to speak to the meditation that Nas Catherine kindly provided recently. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to do so. Um, where we were basically invited to feel into what Lent means to us. What What's evoked in us when you just even say the word Lent, right? And for me, I had to I had to feel into and acknowledge like, oh, shit, Lent's, Lent's heavy. <laughs> the Lent word is heavy. Like I could feel my body go, like, oh, man, Lent again. You know, what do I got to give up this time, right? Um, and I, so for those of you that don't know, growing up, my stepfather was Roman Catholic. My mother was Methodist. So, yeah, there was the idea of Lent during the period of Lent, but there was, it wasn't particularly deep, right? It was like, I give up something that you like, you know, uh, give up your candy, right? Or whatever. It's like, well, why? You know, there was no why to it, right? This is just, this is what you do. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't said, but it certainly had this energy of like, well, the reason you give this stuff up is because you're self-centered, you're entitled, you know, you're spoiled. It's like, Jesus died for you, okay? Like Jesus was tortured, crucified he died for you like and you can't give up your snickers bar you know so it was that was kind of the level of depth at which you know we were given a, a understanding of lent as children and obviously that's pretty heavy it's like oh crap i'm an ass i'm unworthy i'm selfish i need to give up a little something to maybe try to build up a little bit more worthiness to maybe be a little bit of a better human being that maybe can be you know loved and and accepted by jesus so <laughs> um clearly my my understanding of lent has evolved but even then there's 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 ways that i can grow into an even deeper understanding of lent that we all can and novice Catherine's meditation was really helpful for me to to feel deeper into like okay so what's going on with that sacrifice you know that we make or set of sacrifices that we make during Lent and I know that most of you know that sacrifice like the etymology of it the, what it means is to make holy right to to observe the divine to to connect with with holiness but you know you might ask well why why would we why would we have to do that right um and that's one of the interesting things i think that are in this passage from matthew that i just read about jesus first being baptized by john at the jordan and then going into the desert for 40 days you know if you were if you were an atheist or a skeptic you might sit back and have heard that and gone like wait a second i'm confused this is jesus he was just baptized at the jordan where the holy spirit descended on him and God literally said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And now he's got to go out in the desert for 40 days and fast. What's up with that? <laughs> like, is he not ready to like start his mission right there? You know, walk out of the river and off he goes, starting to teach and work miracles and love people up. And like, what's with the 40 days of isolation in the desert and being tempted by the devil? Like, that doesn't seem like that was even necessary after that experience at the River Jordan. And so as I felt into it, what's cool is the way it dovetails with the Caiaphas part that we that we were feeling into during the meditation, is that, yeah, you could focus on how the devil tempted Jesus and then he overcame the temptations. But the other way to talk about that is like, 
Jesus went out into the desert to fortify his determination to, to do his mission, to, to connect with his willpower, right? To connect with his desire, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to not choose this for the next 40 days. I'm not going to interact with people. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to, I'm going to deepen in my determination, my resolve, my understanding of my mission. That's one interpretation, right? And what's cool about that is, well, what part of that is us? That's Caiaphas, right? Caiaphas is powerfully determined, is able to 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 come up with plans and procedures, right? Um, has a very strong willpower, right? All of those things that Novice Isa mentioned in the meditation. So those parts of Caiaphas um, are incredibly valuable, incredibly powerful, and they're necessary. Um, and so that's Jesus. Maybe Jesus is out in that desert to like connect deeply to his Caiaphas part in terms of willpower, determination, resolve, um, understanding, um, and how he's going to move into that in the world, right? Which is the Caiaphas part, the egoic part that is that has an understanding of the world, of structure, of of determination, of follow through, of capacity, right? All those things that were talked about in the meditation. And I know that might seem a little weird. It felt a little weird to me when I first said, wait, Jesus having a Caiaphas part? But, well, yeah, of course, Jesus, he was human and divine. He, of course, he had an ego. Of course, he had willpower. Obviously, he had willpower, um, right? He had determination, obviously. So what's important in that, what I, I'm reminded is to like embrace the Caiaphas part and to allow it to be loved and transformed in a way that it can operate within me the way it obviously operated within Jesus, right? In harmony with divinity, in harmony with the Christ consciousness, um, not in opposition, right? And so I don't know about you, but, you know, I still can catch myself sometimes thinking that like, oh, the Caiaphas part, that's problematic. How do I get rid of it? Oh, the impetuous Peter part, that's problematic. How do I get rid of it? Oh, the Judas part that, that has the capacity to be disloyal. How do I get rid of it, right? And so I know that we all uh, have been taught and we've got that understanding of like, wait, we want to love the parts. We, we transform them. We hang on to them, right? This is this is the whole self-thriving that I know many of you have been a part of. Um and when we think about the quote unquote negative parts aspects to these parts, it's tempting to just go like, man, how do I kick you out the door? You know, <laughs> how do I just get rid of you? That would solve everything. But of course, if we think that through, well, if I got rid of all those different parts, what am I left with? Right. Um, I'm left partial. Right. I'm left wanting like I, I don't think it's a good idea to let go of my willpower, my egoic determination, my um, desire to to follow through, etc. So I invite us to, as you approach Lent, and many of you have probably already decided on what practices you want to observe and and how you want to um, um, make sacrifices uh, during Lent. But I invite you to think about the role of your Caiaphas part in that and how it can be harnessed for its willpower, its determination, its follow through, its commitment in harmony with Jesus, right? In harmony with Mary. And, you know, as I contemplate that, it's like, oh, wow, what would it have been like 
if Caiaphas and the Pharisees had actually seen Jesus for who he was the way the apostles did and some of the disciples did, wow, how would that have been different, right? I think that would be a really fruitful and interesting contemplation, um, which I'll do at some point. Um, like, oh, then how would things have, have changed? How would the story have unfolded? I have no doubt that all of Jesus's teachings still would have been delivered, right? But they might have had a totally different form, right? And format than, than they had in the way it, the Messianic story unfolded historically. And what would that, most importantly, what would that look like inside of us if we really let that Caiaphas part soften and connect to Jesus and to trust that it's not going to be destroyed, it's not going to be tossed out the door, that in fact, and what I've experienced in my own Caiaphas part, that to my amazement, is that it's actually not dethroned and belittled and made less than, it actually becomes more. It's like more powerful, more powerful determination, willpower, capacity, because now it's working with Jesus. It's working with Christ consciousness. It's working with wisdom. And most importantly, I think the thing that the historical Caiaphas, the Caiaphas part in us before it gets transformed, what it's not working with is humility, right? It's like, oh, if Caiaphas, the Pharisees had had the humility to go, oh, you know, we really aren't getting you. We're not getting this teaching. We're not, you know, we, we recognize that we're angry and we're in opposition to you, but help us to understand, right? That humility is everything, right? And so I know for me, as the Caiaphas part was humbled and allowed itself to be humbled to some degree. Trust me, in the beginning, those degrees were small. <laughs> they seemed to get bigger over time, which is good. Um, so much insight unfolds, so much capacity, so much um, new life, right? If we think about Lenten practices, right? Yeah, we often talk about them as a sacrifice, but I think it's, a, for me, it's a little healthier to kind of feel into like, well, it's an exchange, right? It's an exchange. Like, am I going to give up, you know, sugar or treats or ice cream or whatever? Like, okay, that can feel like a deprivation. It can feel like a sacrifice, but what am I going to get in return? A little bit more health, right? A little less inflammation in the body. Maybe lose a little weight and have a little bit more vitality, right? Um, so there's always an exchange. That's the way the universe works, right? I know, um, that many of you have made moves, right, from, from one house to another or from one city to another. For me, it was from one country to another. Like, And those are big decisions, right? Those are big choices. But there's always an exchange, right? So I know, middle of winter, some of you are going like, man, damn it, Benjamin, you're down there in the Caribbean going out to the beach and yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, that there's some there's some nice things about being down here, but what did I exchange? I'm not home with Selena, my wife, every day, right? I'm not under the same roof, I'm not there to be with her and support her and 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 love her. It's it's had to take a different form, obviously, with me being down here. I'm not as close to many of you, like friends and family who are like one one day's drive away. So there was an exchange, there was a trade-off, right? And so I invite you as you contemplate your Lenten practices or practice, like to, to not think of it as a deprivation, as a heavy sacrifice, as like, oh, man, I got to give up this thing that I really like. Um, that is one way to look at it. And as I've owned, that is mostly the way I looked at it um, uh, through most of my life. But 
I, that's not the most joyful way to look at it, right? Um, the most joyful way to look at it is like, okay, I'm going to exchange this, whether it's time, money, whatever, for this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to let go of this job. I'm going to exchange the time, the sadness, the grief, the the challenges in that job for this, you know, freedom and new opportunity and being able to be surprised by spirit. What's next, you know? Um, so, so I invite us to engage our Caiaphas part in a new way with allow that part to be humble and to still have its willpower, to still have its determinations, to still have its power, but in partnership with Christ consciousness. And to recognize whatever you've decided or might decide to, to do for the Lent practices, to see the joy that's there in the exchange, right? So let's take Jesus, for example, right? Like, we could go like, oh my God, right? Like it gets it gets more and more somber. It gets more and more heavy. It gets more and more grieving as we move closer and closer um, to, uh, you know, the crucifixion and the resurrection, right? There's the agony in the garden um, <clears throat> right before Jesus is captured. Um, then there's the torture and the crucifixion is like, oh my God, this is this is heavy stuff. And it is. And why did Jesus do all that? because of the gift it created and the resurrection to follow, right? So that's the joy. That's the power. That's the beauty. So he, Jesus, was willing to exchange all of that heavy, sorrowful, painful stuff for new life, right? Um, and so we, on a smaller scale, right, can do the same thing inside of ourselves as we go through Lent. Ah, oh, yeah, this is kind of hard to give up coffee or it's kind of hard to give up watching Netflix for an hour or whatever the thing is. Um, but don't lose sight of like, oh, why am I giving that up? What do I want to exchange that for? What would be healthier for me? What would be more joyful for me than, you know, drinking the coffee or watching the Netflix or, or whatever the thing is, whatever the pattern is that you are looking to transform during Lent? So blessings to you as you... Be with your Caiaphas part as we move through Lent, as you honor all of the beautiful and powerful things that that part has, and as you move into ever more humility within that part to partner with Christ consciousness to create what you want, to manifest what you want, to exchange this for that, and rather than focus on the loss, you know, on this part of the exchange, to focus on the joy and the new life and the amazement for this part of the exchange. So blessings to you.